a White Castle production. Chicken rings, chicken rings, chicken rings. Delicious chicken in the shape of a ring. Chicken rings, chicken rings, chicken rings. Dip them in a sauce if that's your thing. Chicken rings, chicken rings, chicken rings. Taste so good, y'all wanna sing. Get 10 all white meat chicken rings for just $2.99. Only a White Castle. Long live sliders. Limited time only. Tax not included. White Castle's new Bacon Ranch Chicken Ring Slider is a symphony of savory on our signature bun. Start with two chicken rings. Mmm, surrender to the tender all white meat chicken. And now, boom goes the bacon. Crispy, twisty, don't diss me. And here comes... There it is, creamy, dreamy, Hidden Valley Original Ranch. <laughs> the Bacon Ranch Chicken Ring Slider. Two for you, just $3. Only at White Castle. While supplies last, tax not included. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka. Bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Wilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Welcome. I'm so glad you can join us on Mission Evolution, where we bring the latest knowledge from today's leading experts to support your evolutionary process. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll explore the care and feeding of the evolutionary body. The ability to evolve is dependent upon our capacity to receive and channel light into the world through our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual or energetic bodies. The ability to receive and express the increasing light is impacted by toxins or restrictions present in any of these aforementioned bodies. Where do these toxins and restrictions come from? More importantly, what can we do to remove them? With us this hour to help shed light on this important topic is Jonathan Glass, the founder and author of The Total Life Cleanse. He's a master Ayurvedic naturopathic doctor, Ayurvedic practitioner, energy healer, herbalist, and natural health educator. Jonathan served on the faculty of the New England School of Acupuncture and the Dharma Institute of Yoga and Ayurveda. Jonathan has been private practice since 1987 when he co-founded the Healing Essence Center with his wife, Catherine, in Concord, Massachusetts. His website, healingessencecenter.com. Jonathan, thanks for joining us again on Mission Evolution. So happy to be here, Gwilda. Thank you. So we um, listed all, all the wonderful practices that you're involved in. Let's start with Ayurveda, though. Uh, what is exactly Ayurveda? Ayurveda is a system of medicine from India. Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge. So it's a system of medicine from India dating back many thousands of years ago, <clears throat> probably more than 5,000 years ago, because prior to having things written down, everything was taught, and the uh, yogis and the mystics and the doctors, they could all hear something one time and understand it and remember it. Um, but it's a system of medicine that is in harmony with the yoga system. So it's very aligned with the yoga system. And <clears throat> yoga basically means to connect. 
So it's a, it's a practice of, of connecting the body, the mind, the spirit, and the divine uh, together at the same time. So it's a system of medicine that's very powerful and very effective on the one hand, but it's also in alignment with the energetics of the body-mind-soul connection. So it's a healing modality, but it's not restricted to the physical. Is that what you're telling me? Not at all. Yes, it's not restricted to the physical, although it's very, you know, it's expert with physical. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, practices related to the body, uh, to herbs, to nutrition, um, to diet, to lifestyle practices. Those are all there, but it definitely uh, also covers the emotional body. It completely acknowledges the reality of consciousness, completely acknowledges the reality of what's called the Atma or the soul, which is a source of consciousness. And it also acknowledges the reality of a divine source. So it takes all those things into consideration. And it was understood to be a, a system that was revealed to humanity, to, to bless humanity with a, a system of healing and medicine that's completely, like I said, in alignment with um, potential of the human being to grow uh, spiritually. You say it was old. you say it was a gift that would indicate that it didn't originate with people. <laughs> Where did it come from? Right. <clears throat> well, there's there's a uh, it, it's said to come from the uh, higher planetary systems from higher realms. Uh, there is a uh, a deva named Danvantari. And he's considered to be the incarnation uh, who came from the higher realms and literally brought these teachings of Ayurveda to the world. And there's many stories of how that happened, which would probably take a few hours to get into. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's definitely considered to be coming from the higher realms. So, so we're all on the same page. What's a deva? Oh, sorry. A deva is a divine being. Is a divine being. Yeah. Okay. Coming from but, a higher realm. But there's a divine being coming from a higher realm, but uh, became incarnate in a physical form? Yes, came form? incarnate in a, in a physical form, uh, started a lineage of medicine at a specific time and place. And this was actually recorded in the Vedic scriptures to be thousands and many, many thousands of years ago. Uh, practically speaking, beyond our comprehension of time, a very, very long time ago. So, and this is probably an unanswerable question, but is it like a person is born, they grow up to a certain point, and then for whatever reason, they are able to align with or attune with the frequency of the deva? Or does the deva incarnate in the infant before it's born? Um, in this case, it was a deva who uh, literally manifested without necessarily taking birth in a human form. Uh, and they manifested, uh, just like we hear sometimes we hear stories of yogis. Uh, maybe you've heard some stories of yogis that could manifest and demanifest and then remanifest. So it's kind of like that. They could manifest themselves from another realm, show up perhaps maybe in the Himalayas or some secluded place and then make their way into society and begin their teaching to different uh, yogis and practitioners, which then disseminated the, the teachings of Ayurveda. Not unlike some of the stories of Christ, right? 
Correct. Yeah, quite yeah. similar. Yeah, quite similar. interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So let's get down to evolution. How can an ancient form like Ayurveda help us personally now to evolve with the times, to evolve with the increased frequency that's now available? Yeah. So, you know, the, the beautiful thing about Veda, which means knowledge, knowledge is, uh, you know, sometimes I have a saying, truth is truth. When somebody says, oh, this religion says that, and that path says that, well, truth is truth. So these truths, um, they cross all borders, all designations, all bodies, minds, everything like that. And they're fundamental to the reality of the human being who is made up of, from an Ayurvedic perspective, 24 material elements, which is a covering of our pure consciousness or our atma, or in our culture, we might call it the soul, which is our true being, our true essence, our true, our most core essential self, which continues after the body may pass. Um, so these particular uh, practices that were taught in Ayurveda thousands of years ago, um, they're really not different. Some of them may be a little bit uh, too difficult for us to do all of them in this day and age. But the basic teachings of how a human being can live and evolve and grow spiritually are the same. So in a very basic way, what Ayurveda is doing is helping to remove the obstacles to our spiritual growth and to bring in those things that enhance it. So that can be related to, to diet, to mindset, to emotional healing, uh, to so many things. So Ayurveda incorporates all of that. It includes astrology, it includes gemology, it includes psychology, but it's always in the context that you are a, a human being having a spiritual experience or, you, or you're at, at your spirit having a human experience. Yeah. So from what you're saying there, am I to understand that the spirit that comes to be in these bodies mm -hmm. is present and perfect as it is, but we're limited how much of it we it we can express by our physicality and the condition thereof? Yes. So it's 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 yes, exactly. So our soul or our spirit is pure, it's unadulterated. It can't be cut, it can't be burnt, it can't be destroyed. Um, it can't be harmed in any way, but it can be covered like a lampshade covers a light. You know, say a lampshade maybe is white, but then we pour black paint on it. Now it's the light doesn't come through as clearly because it's it's a black lampshade now. So we have these different coverings and some of the coverings are related to our the conceptions of who we think we are. They're covered by um, what's called the, the three modes of nature by different degrees of ignorance. And I like to sort of describe ignorance, not just as a, you know, a, a, to identify something, but ignorance is a form of ignoring something. So when we ignore our deeper essence, you can then say that we become ignorant because we're ignoring something. So the practice of Ayurveda is the process of going inward toward our true identity and removing those obstacles that are there. 
kind of like a cloud covering the sun. The sun may be shining and you can say, oh, the sun is not out today. No, actually it's out. It's behind those clouds. And I'm sure many people have been on an airplane where you go above the clouds and all of a sudden you see a beautiful sky and, and sun or below you are the clouds. So when we have these different clouds around us, and these are called koshas or coverings of the soul. And, um, you know, when we start to thin those coaching koshas and start to kill, uh, thin those coverings, then the natural radiance of our true self starts to emerge more and more. So again, this practice has been around for a long, long time. And yet mm-hmm. it would appear, and many people believe that we have a, a greater opportunity to evolve into our true spirit at this time. Mm-hmm. What is causing that opportunity and how can we take advantage of it? Okay. Well, I'll, say, I'll mention something from the Vedic perspective. And it's kind of interesting because in the Vedic perspective, time is is very, very vast um, uh, without even millions and billions of years in terms of this this particular universe and far beyond what modern scientists even consider uh, what's happening. But in the Vedas, it's described that there's four ages of time. There's a golden age, a silver age, a bronze age and an iron age. And paradoxically, in the Iron Age, people live the shortest. It's an age where there's a predominance of quarreling and anxiety. So this is on one hand. So as you're saying, you know, one hand you're saying, well, right now there's this huge opportunity for enlightenment. But on the other hand, we can see around us how much anxiety, fear, disconnection, fighting, quarreling, all these, all these qualities are paradoxically there. But the thing in this age, it's described, I mentioned the devas before, these heavenly beings, these divine beings, it's described that in this age, they're waiting in line to come to earth. Because the earth plane is considered to be the most auspicious realm to make spiritual advancement. And in this age, in the iron age, which is called Kali Yuga, this age is the most auspicious time and the easiest time to make spiritual advancement. So it's very paradoxical because we can see, if we look around us, so many challenges that are happening on the planet. But for those who are very sincere in waking up to their divine identity and and to reconnecting with the source, the, the divine source, for those people, it's much easier to connect than in other ages, actually. So would the frequency of this particular age actually be raising and pushing the um, seemingly negative things to the surface to be examined and cleared? Yes, that's a really good way of putting it. So it's kind of like um, if there's a toxin in the body, sometimes the skin will make a boil, you know, and and, or people have some skin issues or something because things are coming out. So it's like that. Everything becomes exposed. Um, the toxicity, just like the toxicity in the body may come out uh, in some way, the toxicity on the planet, the toxicity in the consciousness, the toxicity in the ethers, we call it the ether element where sound vibrations and energy travels through the ethers and they become very contaminated on the one hand, but on the other hand, it becomes very clear to see so many people 
who maybe even a few years ago weren't considering, you know, so much about the potential of who am I, what is my life purpose, what is, you know, the opportunity for being a human being all about. Many people are waking up to that and actually becoming very curious and taking up different uh, practices and hearing from different teachers and taking opportunities to grow spiritually at this time. And through the practice of Ayurveda, um, as you understand it, were these times prophesized? Are the ages cyclic? And we knew this one was coming. Yeah, we definitely knew this one was coming. Um, like I said, there's there's cyclic, and there's uh, there's many there's many cycles of the four ages throughout history. Um, it is said that this particular age is actually most auspicious. And I'll just mention a little bit about it without going too far into detail. But about 500 years ago, <clears throat> there was a personality named Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he basically was an ecstatic lover of God. He, would, he was apparently about six foot seven, long, beautiful black hair. And he would just go out and the streets and thousands of people would follow him and he would just be chanting the names of God and tears would be streaming from his eyes. And the love that he felt, people would experience that contact and immediately experience that ecstasy. So what he said is that in this age, it's very auspicious to chant God's names. And so this is what we see in many different traditions, whether it's you know Vedic or, or Jewish even and Christian, we see there's a lot of singing going on, and and some people are very familiar with um, with kirtan, and kirtan, you know, chanting these mantras and these big gatherings that are happening all over the world now, are actually were actually uh, inspired by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he said in this age, this particular age, the opportunity for spiritual growth is so profound that we don't want to miss it. We want to take it up. It's it's. The doorway, although it, you know, the, the, the test is that we can become caught up in the negativity. But if we can raise our vibration and associate with those other like-minded people who really want to make spiritual advancement, then it's actually very, very easy. And it's a very auspicious time. So, it, you know, we could, it's easy to get caught up in um, the negativity and, oh, my gosh, things are really bad and there's all mm -hmm. this stuff going on and going wrong and war and pandemic and this and that. Mm -hmm. But aren't those really our trials to purify us if we choose to process through them in order to be able to resonate with the higher frequencies that are also available? Yes, absolutely. I mean, these challenges have to be there. And, and some of it is, you know, when you think about it is sometimes we need these challenges to reassess our lives and to kind of say, well, what's really important? You know, if I if I just identify with, you know, the pandemic or if I identify with this war or if I identify with this riot or this, you know, this this or that horrible thing that's going on, then then what that means is that me I am identifying with that. And where am I going to be living? What kind of consciousness will I be living in? Even if you're coming from a place like, this is really terrible. I wish it wasn't that way. And that's okay. But then we have to take another step because ultimately we want to connect to who we really are. So, you know, in the yoga process, there's something called neti neti, which means not this, not that. So eventually we have to come to a point where I am not this pandemic. 
I am not this vaccine. I am not this war. I am not this fighting. I am not this negativity. I am not this anxiety. You know, I am a, I'm a, I'm consciousness. I'm a spiritual being. I'm a lover, you know? So this is, so sometimes these negative things make us take a look. And I think sometimes just like, you know, in a very simple way, if somebody has a health issue and they're dealing with it, they can identify, oh, I have this disease and then just become completely depressed. Yeah, and many times absorbed it. We're going absorbed, to have many to, times these health issues Jonathan, can be a, a Jonathan, catapult. Jonathan, we're going to have to take a, a quick Thank break you. here and we'll return on the other side to complete this conversation. Jonathan and I will come back shortly. So don't you go away. This is Mission Evolution www.missionevolution.org. White Castle's new Bacon Ranch Chicken Ring Slider is a symphony of savory on our signature bun. Start with two chicken rings. Mmm, surrender to the tender all-white meat chicken. And now, boom goes the bacon. Crispy, twisty, don't diss me. And here comes... There it is. Creamy, dreamy, Hidden Valley Original Ranch. <laughs> the Bacon Ranch Chicken Ring Slider. Two for you, just $3. Only at White Castle. While supplies last, tax not included. Hello again. This is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. With us this hour discussing evolution through cleansing is Jonathan Glass. His website, healingessencecenter.com. Jonathan, we were, we were going over all the things that are going on at this time, making it such an auspicious time to, to evolve and to uh, become actually, as we were discussing, more of our potential. It's, it's not like changing what we are, but becoming more of what we are. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would like to address now, all of us are probably wondering, so what's keeping us from that? What, what are the restrictions and, and toxins that are keeping us from moving into the truth of who we are? Okay. So there's many angles to that. I think of it like a, a wheel and the center is our, our self, true self, the essence. And there's many spokes that are contributing to either pulling us away from that or toward that. Um, typically, I like to start with people in a very simple way and looking at what people are putting in their bodies. Um, especially one of the properties of this age is that while it is possible, it becomes more and more difficult to get pure food into our bodies because especially in the States, uh, more so here than in, in many countries, than some countries, uh, we use a lot of herbicides and pesticides and um, gen genetically modified foods and herbicides that go with that. Um, not, you know, with our, with our produce, produce, which makes things very difficult, which has a very negative impact on our digestion and our immune system. And then not to mention the amount of fast food, junk food, um, that we put into our bodies and the overconsumption of animal products as well, um, has a, a vibrationally decreasing, uh, uh, impact on, on the human body and mind. In Ayurveda, there's three qualities of anything. One is called tamas or ignorance, rajas or passion, and sattva or goodness. So anything, the idea is anything in the universe can be categorized in one of those categories or a combination of. So if we're putting in foods that are 
nutritionally worthless junk foods, then those are called tamas. That means they're foods that have a very low vibration to them. So it just makes it harder for us to vibrate at a high, higher level. Someone could be very, by nature, very high vibration, but if they start eating enough junk food, eventually that's going to start bringing it down or it's going to make that person work so much harder to stay conscious, to stay awake, just to connect more to their essence. So food is really important. Toxins have a big impact, whether it's chemicals or heavy metals. Um, different immune uh, aspects are there too, where you know many people are walking around with low-grade viruses or low-grade uh, parasites and bacterial imbalances. So these things are there. And some of that's from the food. Some of that's from uh, from antibiotics, uh, things like that. So there's a lot of different things that stress the the body, which then ends up stressing the energetic body because it takes more chi or prana to stay at a high vibration. It starts impacting cellular energy because what are the cells doing? They're all about creating energy. So now if the cell is becoming toxic or being barraged with different toxins, different uh, minerals and nutrients aren't going to charge the cell. The toxins may not be able to get out as efficiently. So over time, these things really degrade our consciousness. Fluoride in the water is another thing that's very challenging. So we have a lot of toxins that we're dealing with. So you know, in one sense, the first thing I like to do is let's start with the basics and, and try to really clean up our diet and do some really effective, efficient things to begin to remove the toxins. I understand, Jonathan, that that um, those of us that are of, say, for instance, my age, and I'm not going to tell you what that is, uh, were brought up in a time mm. when there was no regulations on lead in the gasoline or lead in the paint or all sorts of other heavy metals. And then, of course, doesn't that come through in the, the sprays and the, the pesticides and this and that as well? Mm. So the lead and the other heavy metals have low conductivity, don't they? Is that interfering as well? Yes, they, they definitely do. And, you know, the lead goes deep into the bones. Typically, uh, mercury can get into the nerve tissue very efficiently, get into the gut. So, yeah, these heavy metals. And, and remember, heavy metals are minerals. I mean, sometimes people think that it's different than zinc or calcium, magnesium, but they're heavy. They're big. They're kind of like bullies in the body, and they just kind of sit there on the cell wall or they sit in the tissues, and they interfere with that really nice, high energetic uh, intracellular, extracellular communication that's meant to go on there. You know, in, in Ayurveda, we call it prana, vital life energy. In acupuncture, it's chi. So that chi is, I just, I think of it as an electrical energy or a very, very, uh, very clear energetic uh, pathways that run through the body. And when these toxins get in there, it just makes all these energetic pathways. Um, it, it, it's a toxin to the energetic pathways and into the energetic cellular communication that's happening. And so many of us were doomed from the get go in the sense that we were exposed to this before we understood it was an issue. And yeah. there are, I understand ways of removing these heavy metals yes, from the body. Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely ways of removing the heavy metals. There's ways of removing, you know, a, an abundance of parasites. Um, a lot of people are walking around with low grade you know, Lyme disease or low-grade, um, you know, Epstein-Barr disease, these different viruses that have gotten into the system. And it's, it's becoming, there are technologies uh, 
now that are becoming more available, that it's becoming more and more possible to clear these quite efficiently. So, you know, there, there's definitely still hope. And it's not that we have to spend the rest of our life, you know, digging out all the toxins. And remember, we also have to remember that the soul is very powerful. Our spirit is very, very powerful. So even while we're removing the toxins, we still need to be focusing on putting our attention on our divine true nature and our divine potential as a, as a, as a spiritual human being. So that energy itself will help help us heal and also even help us clear these toxins as well. By putting intention is such a powerful thing. We could have another whole discussion on mm -hmm. intention and, and how it works. But if we put our intention on becoming that which we were designed to be, that which we already are, just clearing the way to it, then does it kind of prioritize what we need to do to get there? Yes, I would. That's a that's a great way of putting it. And in, in one sense, that's what Ayurveda is is about. Also, it's it's saying, okay, this is who you are. This is you know, you're a spirit soul, and you are meant to realize that in this life. But we're also you have a body, and you know you may uh, have a family. You may have kids. You may work in the world. You may do all these other things. So how can you uh, continue to grow spiritually? while you're dealing with all these things. So absolutely, it's it's possible. Isn't dealing with all these things part of bringing that spirit into the world in the first place? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, sometimes we go down a path and we find out, remember I said, neti, neti, not this, not that. Well, okay, that's a path I went and it's not really, you know, it's not really the path for me. So like sometimes going in a so-called wrong path, we can make that distinction between that that didn't feel right to me, that wasn't my dharma, that wasn't my purpose. Uh, and sometimes that's necessary to then get clear on which direction we really want to go. So the um, other thing that, that comes to mind here is um, we're talking physically, the things that we have to clear out physically, and we've also touched in on the emotion and where we're, where our focus is and every, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so if you start with your diet and start clearing out, what can you expect? I mean, you, as it's moving out, do we, do we find that we've suddenly been identified with our toxins, with our parasites, with our um, uh, viruses? Uh, is that part of who we've identified with? Well, you know, unconsciously, for instance, um, you know, a lot of I, I, I have patients that are, um, you know, well, now we have long haul COVID, right? This is a reality. We've had long haul Lyme. We've had long haul Epstein-Barr. We've had a lot, a lot of long haul, a lot of things. It's not just long haul COVID, um, which has its sort of unique slant also. But a lot of these long haul things and what happens to people and what I've seen over the years is that people begin to identify very strongly with their symptoms. And, you know, on the one on the other hand, when I had Lyme a few years ago, I became all of a sudden very compassionate to those people who are identifying as being long haul Lymers, you know, because it, it, it can be very challenging. But then the consciousness identifies with the symptoms and then they feel maybe like a victim and they go through life with this whole mindset 
And that mindset also needs to be healed simultaneously while you know, you're clearing the virus in however way you're doing it or clearing the parasite of the bug simultaneously. So sometimes people don't know that they've been identifying with a virus or a this or a that. But once they start feeling better, it's like, oh, I didn't, you know, I just feel better. I, I didn't even know I was so identified with that. And then there's an opportunity for clearing. But then that's where another level of work comes in, doing the emotional work and then also doing the spiritual work of reawakening to who we really are. So from what you're saying, it's we have to address all of our levels uh, at some point in order to become more authentically what we are. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a, in Ayurveda, the word AMA, A-M-A, not the American Medical Association, but AMA means toxin. So there can be physical toxin, there can be um, mental toxin, there can be emotional toxin. You could even say there could be spiritual toxin, but that that's usually a toxin of, you know, my way is the only way and your way is, you know, completely wrong. You know, that kind of very dogmatic uh, perception of one's particular path. Um, but if, if we look at, at spiritual as energetic, then right. there can be spiritual toxins in that whatever uh, interferes with our ability yeah. to bring that energy forth and to resonate with it. Right. And sometimes, you know, for a lot of us, I think we have to have to, or for those of us that want to grow, there's something called sambanda. Sambanda means a relationship, like who am I? What is the truth of who I am in relationship to other human beings, other living beings, uh, to this world? What is my relationship? What is my relationship with the, with the divine? And, you know, how does it, so when we recognize that I'm part and parcel of this whole cosmic manifestation, I'm part and parcel of the divine, the analogy that I often use and from my teachers described kind of like the sun and the particles of light emanating from the sun. So those particles, that's me. So I'm one with the sun or source. I'm not source. I'm not the source. I'm not the creator of everything, but I'm at one with at the same time in quality. There's heat and light, just like the sun is heat and light. So when we recognize, when we get grounded in, okay, who ultimately am I? What is the potential of a human being? And this is where it's actually useful uh, spending time with those who have a very strong realization of their own spiritual essence and nature. By associating with those people, then we get clear on, okay, what is the potential of a human being? What is, goes, what is that? It goes and back. So that knowledge is very useful. And then we can proceed on our path. Does it also go back to resonance in that you're around someone that's resonating with balance? Absolutely. And then Absolutely. you, are exposed to that and you can choose to resonate with right. it. Once the you start to resonate. emanating in their aura is extremely, it, it wakes up people's consciousness almost immediately. Whether you want to or not. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's a lot of ama, then yes, you know, at the very least, you'll start yawning and falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> but, but at the you know, and sometimes there will be some kind of strong resistance or emotional resistance or that type of thing. So let, we've kind of covered all the esoteric of this. Let's bring mm. it down to the pavement. Sure. <laughs> how how do we as individuals even get started on this path? Now you mentioned starting with food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been doing in my practice for, gosh, 25 years now, is um, taking 
a period of time, a couple times of a year, to eliminate, to really eliminate those very common food toxins and do our best to eliminate other toxins from our environment and from, from you know, in taking those particular substances. And taking, you know, a good month, really. I mean, some you can do a nice cleanse in eight, nine days, and that can be significant. But depending on how what you really want to do, a month is a really good time. And that, that doesn't mean just eating, you know, sprigs of lettuce every day. You know, you can you can eat well, but eat super clean. And um, there's definitely specific herbs and nutrients that will help support liver detoxification, uh, support the colon to release for kidney detoxification, for, you know, sort of nourishing and, and supporting a healthy blood flow. So when those things are all added along with good breathing, reasonable amount of sweating and exercise. So a cleanse is really nice because not only is it, you know, a lot of times people think it's a juice fast or something for a few days, but when we really emphasize breathing better, exercising better, uh, drinking more, you know, good water, eating really clean, what happens in, even in three or four days, you know, people might go through a little hump for a day or two. Um, and then people just start feeling better. Their mind wakes up. They just feel clear. They're less irritable, uh, less reactive, um, a little more even. It's not that necessarily their energy will be off the charts. What I notice in the beginning, especially the first couple of weeks, is that people's energy is smoother. You know, they don't have those dips in the afternoon as much. And they're not reaching for the caffeine as much or whatever substance they're looking for to kind of alter their mood. So that's, that can be very powerful. So twice a year, ideally in the fall and the spring, according to Ayurveda, these are seasons that the body likes to, to cleanse the most. It makes perfect sense. And, mm -hmm. you know, don't we have to recognize it just like a house? You, what was it? I love the exactly. saying. I dusted once. It came back. I'm not falling for that again. Right. So, right. so it's an upkeep kind it's of thing. True. Just like it's true. It's true. Totally. Okay. Okay. So um, we're running close to coming out of time here, Jonathan. Um, uh, before we get to that point, I want to ask you, Jonathan, what is your mission? Wow, thank you. That's a that's a great question. You know, my mission is to, from in one sense, from the bottom up, support people in um, manifesting health in body, mind, and soul. So that's my mission. In a, in a nutshell. <laughs> and what would you like to tell Mission Evolution's worldwide audience to give us hope that we can do this? You know, I've seen over the last 25 years in terms of my cleanse, there are numerous times where someone would join my program. And even especially in the early days, I would think, wow, this person has some really bad habits and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. And probably about 98% of the time that those people could do it. They could make those shifts. They could. And what we used to say is just show up. So whatever type of support you're getting, just stay with it. And even if you don't, you know, jump on board hundred percent that first week or two, stay persistent and eventually something naturally shifts. And the reason is, is because you're not moving away from yourself. You're just moving closer to yourself. And by doing that, 
your innate wisdom is called booty, that innate wisdom, that innate intelligence that we all have wakes up and starts taking over the show. And with a little extra support, um, the ride becomes very, very powerful, but a lot easier. So anybody can make positive uh, steps in their health and body, mind, and spirit. Jonathan, unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. Our guest this hour has been Jonathan Glass, the founder and author of The Total Life Cleanse. His website, HealingEssenceCenter.com. This has been Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka. For more information or to enjoy past archived episodes, visit www.missionevolution.org. Please be sure to join us right here next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to a rapidly evolving world. Thank you.